Thank you for joining us. My name is Brian Black. I'm your host for Mentor Monday. I'm here with my co-host, revered, the often duplicated but never resuscitated. That wasn't the word I was looking for. Uh, I'm here with my co-host, the co-founder and CEO of Discover Mentor, of course, Charlie Guild. How are you, Charlie? Good, Brian. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. So uh, I'm kind of excited. Let's, let's talk about today's guest. Huh? Awesome. Absolutely. So uh, did you know in 1996, our guest was part of the World Series winning New York Yankees? I did. I knew that. But did you know in 2002, he played for the o- Oakland Athletics, the very team that inspired the best-selling book, Moneyball. And he was actually prominently featured in that book. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Did you know that in 2003, he received an award given to the MLB player who most effectively overcomes adversity to succeed in the sport? It is the Tony Canigliaro Award. Awesome. Well, then rightfully so, in 2016, he was inducted in the New York Baseball Hall of Fame. With an extraordinary career, Jim Messier's passion is to help others understand how to truly be an impactful team player. As partner at Improv Talk, Jim now shares his powerful experiences of adversity, adaptability, and resiliency that instill confidence, broaden acceptance, and invigorate the core of work life. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Jim Messier. Hello, Jim. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. We're good, thanks. Glad to have you, absolutely. So Charlie, talk to you a little bit about the setup. Um, This is going to be the warm-up, right? You're used to a warm-up. Charlie, did you want to? Uh... Yeah, so we got we got a couple quick questions we want to throw at you. So, what's your walk up music and why? Uh, me, it was Thunderstruck by ACDC, just because it got me going and ready to do my job. Nice. That's a good one. That's a good one. Jim, share with us an unpopular opinion that you hold. Uh, I think the news media is killing us. Uh, of course, I believe in the uh, First Amendment, but I think. It's more politicized now, and they just talk about what's in their agenda, and they omit anything from the other side. And I think it's uh, really separating us as a country. I thought I liked the thunderstruck answer. I like that one better. Yeah, how about, ahead, how about so? In your estimation, who from history is underrated? Uh, Mother Teresa. I think uh, it's unbelievable how she made it about everybody else, not herself. She even struggled with her beliefs later in life, and still did the work that made her popular. Ooh, good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Jim, where do you look for motivation? All I got to do is put on Rudy. He's also, uh, I was number 45 because when I watched that movie, it it motivated me and I I love it. That's great. That's fantastic. So finish this statement. My unfair advantage is what? Uh, My resiliency. And I don't know if it's, Born, uh, nurtured, uh, could have been because of my club foot and I and had to get my foot reconstructed at an early age. And maybe that helped me become more resilient, but uh, I'm not affected by much. And I guess that's why I was able to become a reliever in the big leagues, because <laughs> if, you, if it's something's going to make you crack, that probably would do. <laughs> yeah, how about it? Nerves of steel. How Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, that's great, Jim. That's great. That's a, I like that point about that. You know, I don't know if it's if it's if it's nature versus nurture. That's a, always a really good kind of a dilemma. Um, all right, Jim. So a little bit about your background and, and what makes you tick. Charlie wanted to take this one because he crafted this question so carefully. Well, um, I, I think this is a perfect question, and I'm I'm glad 
I'm glad to lead off with it. So you get summoned to this address. When you get there, you find it's a large building and there's a reception area with three, three doors. One's marked full contact team. Second one is cerebral team. And the third one is individual performance. And the note on the door reads that you've been invited to participate in an athletic competition. Please pick a room and describe for us the sport and the role you'll be playing. So recap, we've got full contact, cerebral, and individual performance. Pick a room. Well, that one to me is easy. Uh, I'm picking individual performance. The sport would be tennis. And the reason why is the hardest thing for me uh, in sports is to let teammates down. If I let myself down, I get over it quick. So being a tennis player, you know, if I get knocked out, <laughs> Wimbledon, then I, I'm like, okay, well, I'll get them next time. But when you fail and it causes your team to fail, that's a tough one for me. That's a great answer. Interesting. Not that, what I was expecting. That is a great answer. Yeah. Okay, Jim, who or what accidentally taught you a valuable lesson? Uh, that would be my college pitching coach. Uh, he's the one who really, I would say, got me to the big leagues. He, he made me into the pitcher I was. And it was because he worked with my strengths and ignored my weaknesses. Like he knew I had club foot. He knew my mechanics weren't right. But he tried to let, make me do things that I could, but would help my mechanics out, but not change them drastically. And he's also the one who taught me a screwball, which – you know, it was a rare pitch. So it's, you know, saying, you know, there's not one right way of doing things. You know, I couldn't throw curveballs or sliders, and that's what you see in the big leagues. And he threw a screwball. I saw it. I tried to pick it up, and I did. It became my signature pitch. That's fantastic. That's what, awesome. what, what, what's his name? And is he still alive? Rich Folkers, yes. Shout out to Rich. That's awesome. So it's, a, it's kind of a heavy question, but um, – what would you say is your central truth? Like to know you is to know what about you? Um, accountability. I, I make sure that I hold myself accountable for everything. Don't make excuses. Give it your best shot. And, you know, if you do something wrong, you apologize. But uh, I don't know. I, I think that's big now. I think we're really losing that as a society. So it's one thing I try to keep and it's part of my core value. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim, after leaving your career in the major leagues, you embrace this role using improv and storytelling to help people from various walks of life. Um, can you share how that transition was for you? Are there any comparisons? Was it a huge differences? Was it a tricky adjustment or are there parallels that are just obvious and I should see them? Yeah. Cause I, I look at you, Jim, and I think to myself, I'm like, this guy was a pitcher in the majors and it's like, Oh, I'm in the rest of life. I mean, I've, I've been on the biggest stage and had high, high pressure. Everything else would just seem like child's play relative to, to, to that. So <laughs> you would think, but no. So it's, it is a weird, uh, weird how I got here. So I, in 2003, I won that Tony Conigliaro award that you talked about. And I had to go to Boston and give a speech and I was absolutely petrified. It was literally like a minute and a half. I stumbled through it halfway through. I, I paused, I, I said, I'm nervous. And I sat down and said, I'll never speak in front of people again. Wow. Uh, that called me. Yeah. So uh, after my career and after I watched my kids grow a little bit, I knew I needed to do something. So somebody talked to me and told me to take, uh, join the group Toastmasters. Yeah. I'll work on your communication. And it was a long grind. I mean, I, I joined, I didn't give my first speech for like three months. I was petrified. And finally, after a time, I realized 
it's really not that difficult. <laughs> and then people started hearing my stories and they said, you know, you should become a professional speaker. And then I met my partner, Alan Schnur, and she did improv and she told me to take improv classes because it'll help me improve my speech. You know, just getting a little more personality and, uh, you know, and confidence. Yeah. Uh, and that took like a month. I mean, not a month, a year, because I'm not a theater person. Like, I don't, I don't want to be a comedian. I don't want to act. I don't want to do anything like that. I'm the true sports guy. I don't want that. But after I took uh, her classes, I realized everything that I learned, I could bring back to my career. So I, people think that she's the one who asked me to work with her. I was the one who asked her to work with me. We'd like to thank our sponsors. The Hyatt Place, Chicago Wicker Park where style, innovation, and 24-7 convenience create a perfectly seamless stay. The Hyatt Place. Hashtag, why settle? Our friends at Incredible Bank in Madison, Wisconsin. Incredible Bank believes a lasting relationship with your bank starts by providing incredible customer experiences in every aspect of your banking relationship. And our production partners at Trend North. Trend North helps companies and senior executives close the gap between their ideas and actions by providing them with scalable brand development and tactical marketing resources. Well, you know, I got to tell you, I, I had the opportunity to see you um, tell us, give, give a speech, and you told a story. And I almost shouldn't admit how embarrassing this is because I, I remember so few details of it, but you were telling the story about being in the clutch, being in the clutch position, I think it was when you first got drafted um, with Seattle and you were up against your childhood hero in the Yankees and you delivered that story in such a way. It was, I was, I was awestruck. You just did it with such, uh, such depth and meaning. It was, it was really inspiring. And that was what left, that, that was the residual feeling I had when I was done. It was like, wow, what a great, what a heart of a champion that guy is. So you you done well? Yeah, absolutely. What what? <laughs> you know, when you think about that too. Is like you said, like you know, you did sports and and to get up in front of people and speak, it, it's you know, it's it's yeah, and I know inspire. it's and inspire to do it to do it is one thing, and then to do it well is, um, it, it's it's a tall tall task. I don't care because you can have all kinds of experience, but if you can't communicate it in a way that it's going to be inspiring. It's tough and you know it. And that's the thing is you immediately know. It's like, it's like, it's like throwing a bad pitch. It's like, I just sat up there and I said something and at that, they hit that one out and that was terrible. So I got to regroup. <laughs> well, that's true. They, uh, when I first started speaking, it was, it was very difficult because I would get feedback and, you know, even people that I knew a couple of years later, like, Oh my God, I remember your first speech here and you were horrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's like everything else, you, you know, you have to practice, practice, practice. And, you know, like, Charlie was saying that that story about pitching against the Yankees when I got called up, um, you know, if it's something that you have passion about, you love it, it's a little easier to make it a good story because the, the audience can feel that it was something close to you, you know, something you really yeah, enjoy. Absolutely. That's a great point. I, somebody once said to me, passion is contagious, and I think it's one of the best quotes. Um, so kind of a change of gears, but we're talking about coming out of this pandemic, right? A lot of rules and the norms are being rewritten. What role if any, uh, uh, do you see mentoring playing in the next couple of years, Jim? You know, it doesn't even have to be with the pandemic. I think it's just mentoring is always going to be more and more important because just think about where we've come the last hundred so years. It seems like 
every 10 years is way different than a 10 before, you know, if the technology and everything changes so fast that we have to learn more and more all the time. So mentoring, I think is going to be huge. And I'm glad what you guys are doing. I think it's great because, you know, even just think about how, how much we use stuff like Google, you know, we didn't have that. We had like encyclopedias and stuff. So it's, you know, we need that information, you know, quickly. And, you know, mentors are going to be a big part of that because they've had experience. That's a great point. So I got a two part question for you and I want you to get the last word, right? So I guess my question is, what would you say, what advice would you give to a 22 year old version of yourself? And then in conjunction with that, what other advice would you offer to anyone, anyone else that's on this journey of self-improvement, whether it's the same advice or if you'd learn from that and take it to the next step? Uh, well, the big thing, and I definitely learned it through my career, is I would tell my 22-year-old self to fail and then forget. Uh, I know early in my career when I was trying to get to the big leagues, I would have bad outings, and I would take them with me to the future. Right? I would, I would, they'd be on my mind, constantly thinking about them, and then it would just affect my performance because now I'm aiming the ball because I'm thinking about what happened last time and consequences. So for anybody young, you know, you're going to fail. So, you know, don't worry about it. Fail, try to learn from it, and let it go. Because if you take it with you, you're more apt to fail. And then, um, I mean, that, that's good advice too. But I would also say people, for self-improvement, the biggest thing I see is that you have to get outside your own universe, right? When We all kind of feel like we're the center of the universe, but you need to step outside of that and make it about other people. And when you do that, you can see things from their perspective, and you know, you'll just become emotionally more intelligent. Wow. That's great. That's a great point. I think, you know, it's, it's talked about a lot. You see it a lot on, on, on LinkedIn and even in, you know, other social medias. And I think it's a great point about emotional intelligence being kind of the underrated, understated, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A skill, really. And, and it's, yeah. it's attribute. Thank you for that, Charlie. Um, it's a great point. Uh, I love that. I love that, Jim. So, um, well, Jim, tell us how, where can people find you? How can they connect with you? And, and, and tell us a little bit about that, please. Uh, well, you know, my website, uh, com, and also Improv Talks website, improvtalk.com. Uh, I am on LinkedIn, uh, James Messier. And uh, yeah, that's, that's how you contact me. Fantastic. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, listen, um, thank you again, Jim. Truly appreciate it. And, um, I, yeah, Jim, I, I want to, I want to thank you as well. Yeah. Um, you, you've been absolutely no going through this and um, I, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff I learned about you today. I've, I've known you for a couple of years and I've learned enough, a, a couple of things about you that I thought, thought were really interesting. And um, uh, man, I just can't thank you enough for doing this and, and stepping in and helping us out. And um, we hope to work together and we hope that people will find this podcast and look, check out improv talk. I've seen you guys at your best. I've seen you just do some really cool stuff and uh, it's a worthwhile organization and you're doing good work. So thank you again. Guys, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure.